You're watching WRKM Channel 22, number one in the region. What is up, my people? I am out and about in New York City, but that does not mean I am not going to take time to say the following WRKM broadcast is for mature audiences only. So if you have a child watching this show, what are you doing? Stop that. Get that kid away from the screen. But if you want the kid to know about the harsh realities of life, you pick the hell of a podcast for them to listen to, a hell of a show to watch. So what are we talking about? Well, we're talking Kanye West. An entire episode dedicated to it. An honest take. The most honest take, I feel. So, let's have the talks we can't have when the sun is up. Good evening. I'm Ralphie Martinez in, this one, in Darkness. We're still testing out the new earbud headphones to see if this is where we're going to go from now on. I like them. I like them. It, it frees me up a little bit. The headphones are a bit constricting. You might have noticed the last episode. I hate, you know, it's a, I wear a hat most of the time. You know what I mean? And I don't have the confidence to not do this without headphones. So I have to adjust my hat, my hair, and I'm always fidgeting with it. Can't help it. The earbuds I like, I like though. Good call on producer Bobby's recommendation. Um. So. Okay. Um. So here's how I look at it. Um, I don't know how long we'll talk about this. Um, Kanye thing. It could end up being the whole episode. I'm gonna be honest with you now, because there's a lot to break down in all this. There's a lot of thoughts I have, feelings, maybe some expertise I can provide in some way. Um, but I do think that there's a level of there's a level of discourse that's not happening when it comes to Kanye, or has been happening, but we're not really giving it the the importance it should have. I think with Kanye far too often we look at the outrage, but not necessarily where it's coming from. And, you know, for a long time, you know, I was a Kanye West fan. You know, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is still one of my favorite albums of all time. It's a classic hip-hop album. It's a classic music album. It's just a classic album. The way it's put together, the way it's arranged, 
beautiful. Can't ask for anything more out of an artist. And the thing is, if you look at his discography up until that point, it's a perfect discography. There are very few people who, who hit that many or pitch that many perfect games as he was for quite some time. But there is, I do have a belief that genius is always steps away from being madness. Because when you are a genius in some way, you are looking at things not as they exist, but as you would like them to be. You are sometimes looking at them in a sense from where... Hmm, you want to break frameworks. You want to do something that's never been done before. So you have to look outside the realm of what's already been done or how things have already been traditionally thought. And that can lead you places. You know, Bobby Fischer, one of the greatest chess players of our time, went nuts. You know, once you've mastered such a game like chess, where you can see moves coming at you from far away, and you're seemingly unbeatable, where is there else to go? You start thinking those philosophies, you know, apply to real life. I think that's kind of what happened to Bobby Fischer. He started to look at life like chess. Who's controlling the board? Who's controlling the players? Historically speaking, when you end up there, you end up in very anti-Semitic places like he did. Which is unfortunate, because if you consider the play of the Jewish people, everywhere they have gone, they have been treated as the problem. So when you look at a group that kind of stays tight-knit to one another and looks out for one another, you get why. If everywhere we go, no one fucks with us, why are we going to fuck with everyone else? Let's just fuck with each other. So I was always, as a kid, you know, growing up in um, Bushwick-Williamsburg, you always got to know a lot of the Jewish people around. At least I did. And I was never afraid to wave hi at them and stuff like that, or even engage in conversation. You kind of meet the more Hasidic Jews, and they're a bit more religious, a bit more stringent. But when you see how their communities are formed, and then you take into account their history, it makes a lot of sense. And I, and I don't begrudge them for it. I actually... I actually feel bad for them in a lot of ways because I can never, well, to be honest, I'm, I'm Latino, so I can kind of get being part of a group that's not necessarily wanted. But everywhere you go, you are treated as the problem. So you can only find peace in your community, in the community that looks out for you, so you look out for one another. I get that. You know, it's... It's something not born out of something they would want to do. It's something they've had to do. So I always find it a bit odd when people begrudge them for when they say never again. They meant never again. We are going to own and create spaces where we can be safe. They did very well in business. Everyone knows that. You know, they've had a lot of successful guys. You know, in entertainment business, in, you know, the equipment business that I'm in, you know, rental equipment, you know, cinema equipment, you know, banking, you know, even fashion. 
you know, when they look out for another, they really uplift one another. And that's how they were able to do it. Because no one fucks with us, so we'll fuck with each other. And I find it to be inspiring. At least for me, I, I always thought, man, if Latinos and black people can have that kind of same, that same motivation, it'd be a bit different. But it never came from anger at them. It came from admiration. Like, that's how a group of people should survive. That's how you should, that's how your tribe should look after one another. And I think to a degree, America could learn a lot from that. The everyday person, you know, if you are part of the lower class, look after your, your lower class um, brother and sister. Same thing with the middle class. The rich certainly do it. And the rich do it no matter what their religion and no matter what their color. That's burped. But the only religion they serve is capitalism. The only color they see is green. That's just the facts. Because let's keep it a buck, you know. How many rich black millionaires are pouring money back into black communities? Not a whole lot. They'll do it with their other rich friends. They whole, hey, here's some money transfers here and there. But there aren't too many going back. A lot of the younger cats are, which I really appreciate. You hear about that amongst the younger rappers. They actually go back. But you don't hear that as often about the old school guys like Diddy, Hove. Diddy does the Revolt Summit, but it's like he then invites the most questionable people imaginable who don't have any track record to speak of. That's always fun. Candace Owens being one of them. But that's kind of where this all starts with Ye recently. And we'll respectfully call him Ye. I'll try not to call him Kanye. He wants to be known as Ye, but it's going to be a little hard because I've always known him as Kanye. So we'll try to be respectful and call him Ye. When he had the recent fashion show for Fashion Week, there was already a negative connotation to the show. Like, people already weren't feeling him anymore on a fashion scale. It happens. You have your moments, and then you kind of fade away. That's kind of what's happened. It happened with him in music, to a degree. Like, the albums got progressively worse, and then they required more controversy to sell them. It's kind of happening with the clothes now. When you're losing attention, be provocative. Because no matter how bad the press is, at least your name is out there. And those who support you will take up arms for you and will do battle for you in the comment section. You know, a great friend of mine, Ari Kills, you know, she promotes, you know, cultish like marketing. Make your fan base into a cult that defends you and fights for you. You know, and she's got a point there. Like, Marvel does it all the time. If you look at the Marvel comment threads, you know, on certain comic book sites, it's filled with Marvel vs. DC tribalism because that's how they keep a fan base riled up in. It's a free marketing campaign. I'm posting all the trailers. I'm posting all the pictures, all the scoops. Because I'm, in a sense, a Marvel marketing tool. Which, you know, Marvel, I don't think, should be begrudged for it. It's marketing. It's capitalism. It's propaganda. And I think Kanye, or Ye, is, in a sense, learning that he needs to create propaganda or mythology around him to stay relevant in the 21st century. And I think no one's really doing it better than him, to be honest with you. And I think, you look at the amount of supporters he has, the amount of people who will defend him in comment sections, it's working. 
You know, I've seen people defend some of those outlandish, debunked things that he has said. And they defend it with fury because it's him. And Bukai is trying to uplift us. He's using all the right verbiage. But in essence, what he's doing is creating a following so you will defend him. He recently did the Drink Champs um, podcast with Nori, which I watched the three-hour version, not the, the one-hour Revolt TV version. I watched the three-hour version because I always prefer, if a guy's going to be wrong, I'd rather him be wrong for about three hours so I can see every aspect where he's wrong. And the thing about it is that I think, in essence, like now we're now we're doing that. Last week is true to the fact is now this week it's in essence we're finding new things to repeat over and over again. If someone could start a spreadsheet, that'd be great. So I can know what what I can no longer say at least for a couple of weeks. Yay's a guy who has a lot of beliefs, and he doesn't know how to explain them. And I'm not entirely sure he understands them. And that's really because of the bipolar. Like the bipolar has this really interesting trick it does. Where it turns all your feelings into fact. And in general, most people have. We all have that. What we feel becomes our mindset. And what our mind tells us because of our feelings becomes fact. And that's how we carry out things we do. How, how we make decisions. That kind of brings in the free will discussion. Are we constantly always reacting or are we, you know, being proactive? Depends on the situation. But I think what bipolar does specifically is that it takes away the self-awareness aspect of it. Because at least in most places, we can be self-aware of what our feelings are, even if not at the moment, even afterwards. We don't always require someone to correct us to let us know, hey, you fucked up. Most of the time, as people, we kind of know when we fucked up. Um, it, that's kind of the beautiful part of being human. You know, it, you are, there's always a level of self-awareness all humans have. And you know when you're wrong. For the most part, you do. But if it feels right. And that's kind of where that whole concept comes from. It feels right. And Kanye has a lot of feelings. He has a lot of information. And he concocts these conspiracy theories. To justify his feelings. Listen, 9-11 is a perfect example, right? Like, there was a conspiracy theory for 9-11. A bunch of guys conspired to get some planes together and take down some buildings. That's a conspiracy still. Was it a conspiracy theory that felt right for some people? No. Because, like, religion in a lot of ways, when a question is too big, the answer has to meet the question or you don't accept it. That's why when we talk about optimistic nihilism here, people always ask, well, is, are you saying because the universe is meaningless? No, 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 no. We're saying that you get to dictate what the meaning is. So the great question to the universe is you, how you perceive things. Kanye's having an experience based on things, how he perceives things. And they're all coming from a centered place of him. Bipolar takes all his feelings, all his biases, and calcifies them until they no longer serve him. In his state of bipolar 
one would say he's trying to survive and control what he can because he's not in control of sometimes his own mind. Consider how he attacks his ex-wife the way he does. He attacks Kim even though one would make the case he attacks her for things he built her up to be. He talks about her being a sex symbol. He talks about her ruining the image for young girls, but he helped do that. He got her to deal at Balenciaga. You know, he helped influence that. He designed some of the stuff she wore. And to be honest, is it Kim's fault for being the person that people went, oh, this is the standard now? No, it's society's fault. The devil only offers you the plate. It's up to you to eat. And that's what and that's what marketing does. They offer you the meal, but you have to be a willing participant into eating it because you find it to look savory. You think it will please your taste buds. And once it pleases your taste buds, it's no longer on the chef anymore. It's on you. You've chosen that this meal is great. And now you will indulge in it or you'll have it every once in a while. You'll take it for what it is. A good meal on a Saturday night or you will binge on it. So having Coke with ice, bro. Because, yeah, I've been drinking a lot of water, and I lost a little bit of weight, and I think I'm entitled to having a Coke. Coca-Cola, I love it. It pleases my palate. It makes me happy. But I am aware that me drinking too much soda is an addiction I have, and I can nip that in the butt at any time. So when people talk about the, the addiction the Kardashians have given, yeah, I hear you, but... There are some people who treat it for the trash TV as it is. I treat it as trash TV. When I see a clip, I take, oh, it's a funny clip of them being them. I treat them as what they are. People who are rich and they have a reality show. I don't treat them as a way of living my life, believing in something. I don't treat them as people who can inform my life and make my life. But I don't look at it that way. And most people don't. Those who do, we're always looking for a religion. They were always looking for something to dictate to them, something that's real, something that they can aspire to in a world that feels chaotic. Wow, they got it together. How can I be more like them? How can I follow in Kim's footsteps? How can I be an influencer? How can I be a fashion mogul? How can I get into makeup? It, it doesn't always, I guess it'd be unfair to say that she's the best role model. For that, you know, because she did kind of start on third base. So it's a little unfair how her situation worked out, but consider it a sex tape, you know, a total robbing of her sexual agency. At least that's the story we all know. She flipped that into an empire. That's feminist as fuck, if you ask me, taking back your sexual agency and building something on it. But then you have to also deal with the consequences of that empire. Who did it affect? Are young girls affected by it? Are suicide rates even higher because of a beauty standard that's been set partially by the Kardashians that they can't meet and they get teased for? That's kind of what it is. It's kind of it's what America deals with. 1776 and the American Revolution has not happened in a bubble. You have to deal with the consequences of the empire. You have to deal with the consequences of what you've brought into the world. But yay, we'll sit there and chastise her. For being this thing that he helped build. And what he uses 
is something that's probably really personal to her. And it's personal to a lot of people, you know. Some of our listeners are probably deeply into it, but Hughes is religion, you know. Religion can be a very powerful tool to gain control over someone or to rally people to your cause. Because it's interesting, because in a world where we've become a bit more atheist, we kind of still have a begrudging respect for the spiritual. For the easily led, religion goes, oh, well, you know, he's talking about God. God equals good. The Bible equals good. It's brought goodness into my life. If this is what it's doing for him, maybe he can do that for me, and maybe he's on the right path. It's why mega churches are so huge. Maybe pastor does deserve a big house. Maybe pastor does deserve a nice car because he's doing right by God. And if I can do right by God, maybe I can have a big house. Maybe I can have a nice car. Which is kind of, you know, the rich Republican way they tell poor people of what they could be if they just supported the 1% a bit more. You know? Maybe I too can be the rich guy that they're cutting taxes for. You more more than likely won't be, but if you're a small business, maybe there's something in it for you. I totally understand it. This is a small business in a sense. You know, we are a small business within a bigger network, WRKM. But this one in dark is a small business, and I would love to have some tax breaks if I can for our LLC. But I'm fully aware what the game is, though. I'm fully aware that there is a personal component they're pulling on to get me to feel that way. And I think that's what Kanye does with religion. He's able to get people to think very highly of him because he's talking about the blood of Christ and all these. Listen, my 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 uh, my step grandmother, who I love very dearly, Grandma Belinda, or as we all called her, Mother Oracle, because <clears throat> she knew everything. But she used to, you know, say the blood of Christ all the time. And when she would pick up the phone, she would, I believe God. You know, like she was a real religious woman. You know, and I loved her very dearly. And I and I knew that when she said those things, they were real because she lived a holy life. You know, unfortunately, the things that happened in her life weren't great, you know, and I had wished she had a better existence on this planet than what she got. But I think considering, you know, she had a lot of love around her, you know, and I loved her very dearly. And in a lot of ways... She's the reason why I kept believing a little bit, you know, because her faith was so strong that even in the worst of things that would happen to her, it didn't shake and it didn't break. And that's why she's such a, I guess, a major force in my life, even though she's gone now, God bless, and I miss her every day. But I think when you you know when someone's genuine about God, you do. Do I think Joel Holstein is genuine about God? I think he thinks he is. Even though he didn't let people into his stadium during a hurricane. And they mysteriously found money in a wall of one of his bathrooms that was unclaimed or unchecked. But, you know, do I think these megachurch guys think they're people of God? I'm sure they, in their own version of it. But when you look at a guy like Kanye who, at least them, they, they at least they played a role they have wives for the most part we know they're faithful and they do godly like shit 
Ye, on the other hand, doesn't do any of that. In one respect, he'll tell you he's a man of God and he will no longer deal with sin. Yet, in many public opportunities, he still lusts over women that aren't his wife, that he's claiming that he wants to get back. He will commit wrath against his ex-wife because he cannot control her. Because he's no longer in the house, he wants to dictate how his kids are raised. But that's not how it works when you're divorced. You now have to have an equal you know, parenting share. Kim can do what she wants. You can do what you want. But there has to be an agreement of you each parent your different way. Here's some things we can agree on. But it doesn't seem like Kanye wants that. In his Drink Champs interview, he is dead set on saying that he needs to be the one controlling what his, what his kids see, what kind of content they engage in, what they're wearing, where they're going to school. But he's not the custodial parent. So it's not really his role to do that. He can have a say in it, and I think he should. But to say he should be dictating is a little bit different. But he attacks, you know, Kim for being ungodly, for being unholy. Which, it's wrath. It's one of the deadly sins, man. And he does it so publicly and so viciously. But yet still claims to want her back. But he wants her back, and he said it on God's terms. Which indirectly is his terms. Because God speaks to him. And I always found it a bit weird that when people tell you God spoke to them, and they don't have an audio recording of it, that's a little weird, ain't it? If God spoke to you, well, you can leave you a voicemail. You can leave you something to back you up going, oh yeah, God told me this. He wants me to play this voice message for you guys. Okay, he told me this. He's not the only one that did it. Joseph Smith did it. With his little golden ass plates. They sure as hell kept changing every time he couldn't remember what he put on them. <laughs> but that's kind of what it is. You know, he's looking for a level of control. It's why he, you know, does all these, these provocative things. He knows he has control of the crowd and the narrative. So when he's at his fashion show, he wears an all-white a, all lives matter shirt. Which is interesting because I don't think that was ever the disagreement. We all agreed all lives mattered because we're all adults. We are all fully aware that every life on this planet matters. But just like with nuclear war... And global warming and an asteroid coming to destroy the planet. You deal with the most pressing matter in front of you. Right now it's nuclear war. The most pressing matter in front of us now is black lives just don't seem to matter in certain cases. Not to say white lives don't matter. And that's the interesting thing about it. I think both sides of the argument who got upset about this were missing that. I think people who were angry about the white lives matter shirt didn't realize he can wear that without saying black lives don't matter and vice versa. But that's kind of the overall problem because he's not doing it with the intent of starting a conversation. He's doing it in intent of being controversial. You know, and he's doing it with Candace Owens, who is a provocateur. She's not really a political pundit. She's a provocateur. You know, she doesn't know much. But what she does know, she knows a lot of. You know, like sometimes I do agree with her on the role of women things. She believes that you can be still a strong woman without necessarily feeling bad about wanting to be a housewife. 
You know, like I, I do feel like there has been this kind of, you know, turn on that where you have to be an independent woman. You have to do this, that, and the other, and you're going to be totally self-sufficient, which I also agree with. But I also think some women just don't want that. And I know people like that. Like I've had friends of mine who tell me they would like to be a housewife, but they feel judged whenever they say it. You know, so I think Candace is kind of operating on the terms of women should be able to choose to be wherever they want to be, but at the same time, have a little bit more respectability, which respectability politics is always shaky because it always depends on who's telling you the respectability politics. But her point of we no longer focus on who's the most intelligent or who's the most bright woman. It's always it's Meg Stallion now. It's Cardi B. It's all these beautiful influencer women who kind of take up the spots. You have to have a musical talent. You have to have an acting talent. When's the last time you heard about a great physicist? You know, that's the part of the um, current moment that I do kind of feel a little, not anger towards, but a little confusion on. Like, if we are trying to look more as, as an equal society, can we bump those people up? You know, like, even when I watch political shows, like, the women they do bring on tend to be easy targets because they find the ones that are, you can each do gotcha questions with. They're not bringing on the best. And there are plenty of great women on Substack who are writing amazing political stuff that you can look for, you know, and bring them on. Like, to me, Crystal Ball of Breaking Points is, is the person who should be a lot more famous than she is. She's one of the smartest political minds in the business. She's not just liberal, but she can articulate her opponent's argument very well and tell you why it doesn't work. You know, there's another one, Emily. Damn it. Rodowski? Hold on. I don't want to look this up because I really fucks with Emily hardcore. And she's a conservative, by the way, which I, I fucks with it. No, not her. She's on uh, Counterpoints, which is the spinoff show of Breaking Points. Bobby, I'm looking it up because you're not going to be able to find it. You won't get there. I'm already kind of there. Ah, Emily Jasinski. Jasinski. She's a conservative, but she's one of the smarter conservatives out there. She understands the arguments against her points, but she's also doing really good factual points her writing's impeccable why aren't these women boosted up you know Brie um uh it's not Brie Taylor Joy no it's Brie Joy I know her name is Brie Joy but yeah Brianna Joy Gray Brianna Joy Gray another one I don't always agree with her she's a bit more far left than I am but she's incredibly intelligent but does not get the view she should be getting. She's not being held up. In this era, we want to make women's ideas as much as important as men's ideas. She's not being held up either. And we should look for that in our social media circles. We should want the algorithm to push those things forward. So I agree with Candace Owens on that. But she's also a moron when it comes to global warming. And that's just being fair. Two things can be right. So when he allies herself with when he allies himself with her and her recent documentary, which I am gonna watch, um, I think it's called The Greatest Lie Ever Told. 
It's about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movie and George Floyd and how there's there is some corruption in BLM organization. We've covered it here. But, you know, there's also other things in there like the knee didn't kill George Floyd, fentanyl did, which last I checked, that was an early theory, but that was debunked. So I'm going to watch the documentary to give it a benefit of the doubt. And we will report back on it another day, even though I think next episode we'll be doing our, after this one will be our Halloween episode. So I don't know if, don't know if that's a good Halloween topic. So we will do the episode afterwards. And for also, for full disclosure, we're recording this on Monday. We won't be able to get to the studio this weekend. But if anything, in this Kanye thing develops that we feel we want to speak about, we'll add on an audio epilogue in a sense, an after hours kind of thing. Um, We're doing what we can. We try to be as honest as we can with how we, you know, produce this show because, you know, you guys are rocking with us right now, you know. I'm highly appreciative. But, um, yeah, for Ye to align himself with conservatism is quite interesting because one of the beefs I have with conservatism and the media behind it is that they always choose... Those of us who are not the most well-read. Kanye, for instance, just the minute he doesn't read books. But the Daily Wire had no problem promoting the fact that he was promoting promoting Candace's book or documentary. It wasn't until he got anti-Semitic they went, oof. And Tucker Carlson tried to have an interview with him for two hours and cut out all the anti-Semitic shit. And he kept... Bringing the interludes of, look how rational Kanye sounds. He was literally trying to prop him up going, for the love of God, clean it up and let's look like we have a black guy on our team. That's what it normally comes off as. Even though there are some good black conservative voices out there. You know, you got Tom Sowell who, you know, agree with him or don't agree with him. He's far more educated than most other people. You know, John McWhorter is apparently, people are calling him conservative, but I think he's just old school liberal. But if you consider him a conservative, he's been arguing some points that are close to conservatism, but I wouldn't say necessarily conservatism. There's plenty of other voices you can go out and get. There's that one girl who, she's a former Black Lives Matter activist. Hold on. A lot of... A lot of Googling this episode, but we want to get you guys the facts so you can find these other people. Damn, it's not, can't, can't be Cory Bush. Cory Bush is in Congress as a Democrat. Well, as a young girl, you'll find her. Actually, you know what? Better yet, she actually spoke at the Parkland. Um, to give you more details, who she, she spoke at the Parkland um rally, you know, the um Save Our Lives um for guns. You'll find her. She's in there. You look her up. Who spoke at that thing? I think um Dan um Hog was it Dan? Is it Dan Hog? Hog spoke there, and then the uh, Spanish chick did too. She's on that list. Look for her. She's got her own YouTube channel now. But I would say look up former. Um, activist turned conservative and look at Parkland shooting and you'll definitely find her. You know what? We'll do that. We'll try that right now.
I'm Amla Fanopi. I am. All right, we got it. Um, well, she says her name in this video, so it's what I guess most people. So I'm Amla Fanopi. I am what I guess most people would call a former leftist and now a conservative political commentator at Prager University. I'm I just wanted to make sure we got her name out there. Look her up when you get a chance. But you see what I mean? Like, there are plenty of voices who are highly intelligent, who are young, who actually have something to offer, you know, to the current discourse, because they are of the current discourse. Those should be the voices you're looking at. Those are the ones who, who should be primarily hired. They're far better than Candace Owens and far more intelligent than Candace Owens. Far more intelligent than Kanye West as well. But what I find interesting, really, is that you know, Kanye's entire plan to save the world, to bring God to the world, always flows through him. He is the one that will bring salvation. He is the one that will bring revolution. We should boycott Balenciaga if they don't talk to him correctly. We should boycott Adidas if they don't um, treat him correctly. It's always centered on him. Now, one would say, wouldn't you want people to come to your defense when you're in trouble? Of course. But I am not here telling you that I can save save everything. On Drink Chaps, they ask them, hey, if you become president, what are you going to do? Is like, I'm going to stop war. Now, DJ, Effin, decided to ask him, hey, how are you going to do that? How are you going to stop war? You got to understand, I, I, I built the blueprint that made blueprint. He's like, I hear you. But do you have a plan? Any details? Kanye didn't have them. But with energy and Jesus and God, we're going to fix those things. That's the beauty of the grifter. He sells you the dream of what could be. And he makes it so elusive that no matter what he does, seems like it's part of the plan. It's kind of, you know how you baby proof a home? It's bullshitting proof an argument. If I make it esoteric enough, you can't come at me for it. Because I didn't give you any details. I said very vaguely what was going to happen. I meant this. I kind of meant that. Actually, when I did that, that wasn't part of the plan. This was more part of the plan. Like, I really meant this. I was wrong on that. If you make it vague enough, who's going to argue? Because no one, no, if you can't make heads or tails of an argument, you can't really debate anybody. That's why I don't think you can debate Kanye. Because he doesn't even know what he's going to say before he says it. And I think... I'm gonna, I want to choose this part carefully because why is it his entire ministry or his attempt at a ministry solely relies on materialism? Now, don't get me wrong. The Vatican is a very beautiful place. They have millions of dollars in art and gold and all that other beautiful shit. So he has a point there. But it's always his team needs to arrive somewhere in Maybachs so we can do battle against these higher corporations and these higher leaders of men. But if it's, if it's not the ideas but the impression of ideas that matter, then the ideas aren't saving anything. And you never get to the ideas. Which is the entire problem with politics. 
we always talk about how guys look great in debates, look great in suits, look great in commercials. What do they actually do? So Kanye's entire point gets derided to me there because if the whole thing relies on you still being rich and you still having all the jewels and all the cool clothes in the world, but I also have to ensure that you have this money so you can do battle against the real oppressors, there's something off about that. Because you're not offering me anything in return. You're offering me the opportunity that I might become rich. But we all can't be rich as Kanye, can we? Not at the same time. He's only offering what Gary Vee offers. Opportunity. Opportunity is a very dangerous concept. Because everyone wants opportunity. Everyone wants the opportunity to make their life better. To be better. To have more resources. We all want it. But when someone's dangling it in front of you, they've kind of got you on the leash. And Kanye, in many ways, feels like he has many people on the leash. And he's leading a bunch of people, but not being an effectual leader. Because he never offers solutions. He offers really nice sound bites and bars. And he's starting to run out of those, too. Like, if you watch this Drink Champs interview... Nori used to mark out for every little thing he said. And now if you watch it, you'll go with Ralph. He's still marking out. Not like he did for the second episode. This third one, he kind of just stays quiet. And even kind of has to go, yeah, I ain't going to clap that. <laughs> and they go, yeah, you know, he's starting to lose it because he can't keep it up for long. You know, it's why I always said, how come Kanye doesn't have a podcast? Because after the first few episodes, he just wouldn't be interested anymore. Or he wouldn't have any new things to say. It's why he has to rely on other people's platforms and these sporadic times where he now has a new idea or a new grift. Let me push that one out. You know, Ye's not interested in saving the world. Ye's interested in saving Ye. He's looking to preserve himself. He's looking to get control of his family. And he wants all of us to help him do that. Because deep down, he's alone. He's all alone. He has no one but yes men. And they don't love him. And he knows that. He knows they're there. Like You know, it's funny. He mentioned Michael Corleone in Drink Champs. And Michael Corleone says in Godfather 3 to Tom Hagen, you know, Rocco, Al Neri, they're loyalty because they're businessmen. You know, they're, they're money guys. But Kanye doesn't have anyone that's truly loyal to him. Because everyone's always looking to get something. Everyone's always looking to be paid in some way. But Kanye would find true loyalty at home if he was loyal to home. Which he clearly wasn't. He said it all over his music. And truthfully, if he wasn't trying to control his home. Kanye wants a religion in and of himself because he thinks he's great. You know, he compares himself to Moses, to Abraham, to Jesus. Is that not blasphemous? Please tell me, my fellow, my fellow God-fearing people, is that not blasphemy? But we allow him to do it because he's just so great. And his sneakers are so cool. And the music's just so hot. Bops too hard. And in the end, this will probably be what kills him. 
It will be. Left unchecked, these kind of situations end up badly. And he's always challenging people to kill him now. Because he's doing what the McAfee died, guy did right before he died. He's like, if I die, it's not suicide. So there can be a bigger conspiracy after he's gone. So he doesn't look weak in the end. So there's always that little small sliver of what if he didn't do it. But in the end, that's what Connie's looking for. He's looking for an out. That if he does decide to take his own life, at the very least, it won't look like it was done by him. He won't look weak going out. There'll be the sliver of conspiracy. They had to shut him down because he was going to do this, that, and the other. But he's banned off Twitter now. And he's decided to buy Parler, the conservative social app, which is interesting because whose husband is CEO? Candace Owens. And that's a bit interesting how that wealth transfer happens. The truth is, I think it's anti-black to parade Kanye the way people are doing it. The ones who praise him. Because you see it in his eyes in these interviews that he's just not fully there. And he's looking for love and appreciation from whoever's in the room with him. Because in that moment, it's all he needs. He wants to be told he's a genius all the time. He wants to be self-affirmed. And it's his disease. His disease makes him want to be in control at all times and to be constantly loved with no end. That's not possible if you don't treat people right. So Kim finds herself in quite the pickle. How could she stay? She couldn't. You know, Kim cannot raise a child and also raise him. Nor could she choose to live in a situation where, speaking from experience, is quite oppressive. You know, when you date somebody with bipolar or borderline personality disorder, you realize how how much control they want and they want to control you every day. Like I had somebody in college who would do that to me. I would get called out of classes because she felt sick and I had to go, I got to go. My, my girlfriend's sick. But she'd end up being fine in a few minutes. That constant level of threat that constant level of take care of me and focus only on me, you lose your sense of self-worth. And that's what he's doing with his wife. He's committing domestic violence out in public, and no one wants to talk about that. Um, he is committing domestic violence. He's beating his ex-wife's self-worth into the ground because it bigs him up. And the, the public is helping him because they just don't like his wife. And is not liking her enough to help him get away with it. How many of us are guilty of it? How many of us, how many of us have aided and abetted in his domestic violence against Kim Kardashian? His kids will find out soon enough as they get older. They'll realize it. And that's going to be the sad part when they realize He's not the hero they think he is. Or who knows? Maybe they already have. And that's the danger in it. 
those kids will deal with trauma that none of us really know. Or at least in some aspects we will, but not in there. It's so viscerally public for them. And I think in the end, um, this waging of psychological warfare on all fronts will be the end of them. And it's sad to see for someone who is so intelligent, you know, who is so creative, to not think to himself, maybe taking the medicine is a good thing. Because he's afraid of losing that creativity. But to me, I don't think it's... I don't think it's the bipolar that makes him creative. I think that comes from within. I think that's natural to him. And I think he uses it as an excuse to just do whatever he wants without consequence. And those stories tend to end pretty badly. I'd like to play him explaining the anti-Semitic remarks to at least give him some kind of argument for himself. Make sure we get the right audio. You can't call me anti-Semitic for saying I'm going DEFCON 3. I think what you said was that that, that sounds pretty anti-Semitic, except for the fact that I am Jew. And you said you can't be mad at them because you want to do the same. You You know what? That's, I, that's an important I, thing to I say. I can't be, but I am because I'm jealous because I'm a human being. And you want the same and, for... And I'm a competitor. I want my people to rise up like the Jewish people. I'm a competitor. I feel that if I am not the leader, I'm one of the strongest, most vocal leaders. And I feel Lauren is the leader. I feel like this multiple people that are leaders in this community, right? And I'm jealous of the Jewish community. I'm jealous of how the fact that they do not abort their people. I'm jealous of how the fact so they say on. that as I'm opposed je- to saying it. Right okay. It's coming now. Let me say it, bro. It's just coming now. It's coming out. Let me say it. You have to get to it. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the fact of how they don't abort their babies. I'm jealous of the fact of how they stay with their wives. I'm jealous of the fact of how they do business together. I'm jealous of the fact of how they read their contracts and understand their contracts. I'm jealous of the fact. I'm jealous of the way uh, Jewish people do business. And I'm jealous, not just for me, but for our entire culture. And I believe that once we rise up, that we will have a position to be able to serve God because it's not about taking over the world. God runs the world. We need to be in service to God and we all need to be in service to God. So I'm jealous. And you know what? Because when I would speak on the, the Khaled and Drake record, why I speak on that? Out of jealousy. When I was speaking on Drake, why I speak on that? Out of jealousy. While I'm speaking on the Jewish culture, why I'm speaking on that? Out of jealousy. I'm jealous of the Jewish culture. No, I said I just thought of that right now, shit, but it had to happen. Right <laughs> that's, that's a breakthrough. Yeah. That's a breakthrough. And that right there is the problem. He just thought of that. So he went on a whole anti-Semitic rant and then figured that out. But once again, where does his beliefs start from? Vindictiveness. Why don't I have? Why don't we have? Instead of going, that's admirable. How can we be more like that? Can a man that utterly vindictive be a leader amongst men? No. Because he does not know empathy. 
he cannot empathize with his troops because he's all about self-preservation, making himself whole. Pointing out Drake and all this, who's oddly enough Jewish, is quite interesting. But he only speaks on things because he's jealous. How is this admirable for people? Only in a world this shitty would jealousy be revered as admirable to a group of people. There's one other part I want to play because I think this sums up everything. It When I heard it, it literally back in the it stopped me in my tracks because in my head I went, oh my God. Does he even know what he just admitted to in that moment? And I don't think he did. Want to find right. And that's the thing. With people with this kind of disease who are in the public eye and they preach long enough, they can't help but let you into a little nugget of truth. It's like how Absolutely. Jewish people are people. Yeah, hip hop against so everybody. And we're making yeah. our people do our own thing? Yes. Yeah. It's time for us to do it. A tremendous name. I feel like Drink Champs is doing that immediately, right now. This I feel is like we're doing it right now. Did you did you did you express everything that you wanted to express? Did we did we get that like cause I I, I gotta go in 20 minutes. I gotta go, I gotta leave soon. Yeah, so I ain't gonna lie to you, Kanye. I'm gonna be honest. You didn't have to do this. You could have went to Stephen A. Smith. I want to point that out for a brief moment. That's how he gets people to love him. He is eternally complimentary to the people who give him the platform, for the people who let him do what he wants. He shows you nothing but love. Nothing but love. You're perfect. You're great. Man, I couldn't have done it without you. You're you're super important. You're a good person. That's what these grifters do. They make you feel so good about yourself. How could he be a bad guy? How? He made me feel good. You could have went to Oprah. You could have went to anybody. But you know what you did? You came back to the culture. Oh, he did. Don't clap yet. We could have been scared, and guess what? We were scared. But you my brother. I like that I have that effect on people. I like you that I have want, that 730. Wait, wait, do you not think you have the effect that we, we really love what you do? We, I, like we the, you. I like the love and I like the fear also. Nah, but mm-hmm. on the cultural standpoint, we love what you do. I like the love and I like the fear also. I like the love, but I like the fear also. This is a man who does not care about what you got going on, what anyone else got going on. He wants to be loved. He wants to be feared. 
Because those two things are the elements of control. He can't control what Kim wants to do because they're not married anymore. So he makes her fear. It's why there's all those text messages, her going, can you please stop? Because she's afraid of it getting out of hand. But he uses his love of God and all these other things. And he loves the people in front of him. Oh, you're so great. I love you for letting me have this platform. But I want you to also fear me as well for what I will say. You can't, you cannot be a leader of men operating on love and fear. You can't. You have to pick one. But know whatever one you pick, you're making that deal on your own. If you want to be feared, you cannot be loved. Because any love that comes from fear is not love. It's amnesty. It's not real. And any love that requires fear isn't love either. It's, well, it's control. It's the very basis of cult. It is the very basis of religion. And that's what Ye wants. He has no interest in bringing revolution as long as it flows through him. He will only give salvation if it flows through him. He will only conduct himself in a way that makes him happy. Regardless of who else it hurts. His wife, his children, his friends that used to be collaborators. Hell, he just shit on Virgil and Virgil just died. But at that moment, he showed you exactly what he was all about. And of course, Nori was too stupid to realize it because he was too busy sucking his dick. Because Kanye said such nice things about him. So I asked the question for those who... Worship Kanye on this level. Is that the guy you want to be? Because those guys. They don't have happy homes. They have hostage situations. And those two things are a bit different, ain't they? With that being said, if there is anything more to add to this conversation later in the week, we will add it at the end as an epilogue. But uh, I think we both know how this one is going to end.